Christoph, I, I think uh, you're aware about straight handball talk, but just quickly to, to let you know that it is a, this show is about the extraordinary bonding power of handball and how it connects people forever. And, and one of those two people, it's us. I mean, we've created so many good memories on and off the courts that uh, uh, if it wasn't for this sport, we probably would, would have never met or crossed paths. So I think uh, the beauty of the sport and what it gives me uh, in that sense, the, the, the privilege of building these relationships is the most amazing reward that I get from the sport. So thank you for joining me on Straight Handball Talk. Uh, and uh, I can't wait to have a discussion with you about your career. Sure. So tell me, I know you started playing handball in Germany. Um, yes. I don't know exactly what age was that, but uh, before you moved your talents to Sydney and, and came to United States and won almost everything that can be conquered in North America, I want to know how the hell did you start playing handball and who actually fired up your, your uh, passion to be a handball player? Yeah, grew up in Germany, a little town called Groß Biberau. Um, I don't know, maybe 1,500 people. Uh, Plenty of cows as well, um, <laughs> and a pretty decent handball club. Um, TSG Großbiberau uh, doesn't exist in that iteration anymore. But when I was mm. growing up, my my dad was um, you know closely involved in handball. At one point, he was the president of the club, and I must have been I don't know, I'm guessing four, five, six years mm. old. At which point um, I benefited from being probably three minutes walking distance from, you know, the the cities to Hempel Court. So you get thrown in very quickly. Um, and as you probably know from speaking to others in Germany, like you now a school system is different. It's not so connected to sports. So the club was the club was everything. And then on Sundays we had our home games on Sundays. You know, I remember you know growing up and six o'clock on a sunday night you'd go walk down and see the see your heroes play um it is uh you know a, i think a, at the time where handball was played obviously very different i mean i was in a kind of went through my youth teams in the 90s and um you know when you go see a game on sunday that ends 16 12 uh, and people <laughs> and people think that's a high-scoring game. Yeah. Uh, then you know you can imagine that game was played with a lot of passion in in defense. And I had um, the benefit in in being in teams where you know there was a lot of purpose on the teamwork. And I think I think the game has changed so much. But I think back then there was probably a little bit more pride taken in, 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 in stopping a ball and maybe even scoring. Uh, so I think that led me to where I'm today, right? Uh, and I think that is, um, uh, that's how I got into handball through my, through my dad and, you know, all of my friends played, of course, as well. Well, I think that's also, I mean, whenever a family member plays handball and obviously your dad being the president of the club and having all the resources available to you, uh, it's a privilege uh, comparing to things the way they are right now. Um, but obviously you are a well-rounded player and I'm not talking physically. That's me physically. I'm a well-rounded <laughs> uh, person, but you end up playing pivot obviously because you were influenced or, or you end up becoming this incredible defensive player while still being a great well-rounded player uh, on the court. But that thing drove you a lot to be on the court. There's a different feeling when you play on, on defense and on offense. So obviously the influence comes from watching those games at an uh, early age. Did your dad play? My dad played, but he, um, he, was, he had an injury in his hand. Hmm. Plus, I don't think he was very good. He always says he left because he broke his, broke his thumb. But <laughs> I think it was probably uh, a talent issue as well. I've never seen him play. I've never seen a, a proof of this. I don't know. Um, uh, I, I think my, the, the year that you know, shaped my viewpoint the most, when I was going through my youth teams, I, um, I, I mean, we all did, right? And one way or another, we pride ourselves in scoring goals. So it was kind of a thing, right? And, um, you know, as, as I moved from a youth player to my, my um, 
a senior team in, in Cospiva. We just came back off a year where a number of Bundesliga players came into the team. So we played third divisions called um, uh, Regionalliga. Uh, and um, uh, we got promoted later to the second Bundesliga. But during that time, we had a couple of guys who came back from Großwaldstadt. And uh, at that time, it was a club called Niederwürzbach, I think. And we had a couple of you know players playing there who you know, later um, you know, won the world champs. But in any case, they they took me kind of under the, the knees of the wing, but I wasn't strong enough and good enough to really make a big difference in, in attack. But in, in defense, I was. There's a couple of those guys, and coincidentally, one of them was a mm. was a pivot, and he was kind of the you know, number three in defense. And I knew I could make a, my way into the team that way uh, quicker. And um, and it's it's similar to today. Like you 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 knew that they had your back, so you got a bit of confidence, and you know you you're allowed to play for five minutes, and you know stop or celebrate as much as a as a goal. So I found my way through hard work into the team, and um, and I think that's just that's the way that's always played out. Um, I don't know. It's, probably not a great thing and uh, but I always took pride in people not wanting to play against me uh, <laughs> <laughs> well that that's good because uh, the guys next to you wanted to be next to you so that helps. yeah that is a good uh, good feeling to be there. but I remember when you joined our first practice I don't know if you remember I wanted to actually share that with me uh, you showed up at the 50th street uh, gym location and and you said oh, I'm coming from Sydney. And at that time, I really thought you were Australian, the first experience, because you're speaking English with a little bit of uh, Australian uh, sound. So I was like, yes, we got an Australian check mark, one of the 56 <laughs> countries. But then, of course, you were German and you knew how to play handball and, and you had a great history and we'll talk about it. But do you remember that first time you joined? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this. I had this conversation just recently with a friend. I mean, as you said, handball is such a has been such a difference maker in my life and my personal relationships. I have gone through this twice. We get to Sydney, I'm sure, uh, later as well. But um, I came to New York after you know 12 years living in Australia, and 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 I didn't know anyone. I came here with work, and so I had four or five people that I knew at work. But you know, these are not these weren't friends, and. I don't know. Uh, first of all, I was surprised there was only one handball club in 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 New York. But I, you know, I had experienced handball in 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 smaller countries, and so when I walked in, um, you know, you're always a little bit nervous. Uh, you know, you. I, I remember I didn't have handball shoes; I just had running shoes, and that was a disaster. And the first thing the coach, Binny, you did is like, okay, who is this guy? I'm, I'm. There were like 40 people there, and you put your first team together, and then kind of the the second team and the third team and I uh, ended up somewhere with the with the second or third team I guess and then you just you know you you just want to show up well and the the thing that you know impressed me is that you know we walked back and we walked to um, Mercury Bar afterwards yeah. and I remember going home and you know telling Anita look I walked in there and didn't know anyone and I think now um, it feels like I have 20 30 friends and that's what Hempel does, right? Mm. Uh, the 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 shared history, uh, for better or worse, and we can talk about that as well. You know, all Europeans, uh, you've um, you know how we've all grown up together. We knew probably one or two people in common, and so it didn't take long to build a very strong bond. And you know, my best friends here in New York is you know you and you and our teammates, right? And um, that's something I will never. Uh, I would have never had without the sport. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether I would have had that with another sport. Yeah. Um, you know, we're all immigrants. We all kind of, we share something very deeply. Um, and, and, then, um, and then, of course, these bonds have been tied by being really cheap when we travel and sleep in the same beds together. <laughs> right, those are, the, we're not going to share those parts. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like you said, honestly, um, I think we all have friendships from other situations and other sports. I mean, I, I always look at it like, yeah, we all play different sports and we all have different friendships from other sports, but there's nothing as close as bonding and as a connection through handball. 
I sometimes think about it really clearly. Like, how is it possible? Like the handball teammates that they grow up together or spend more time together, they just, that connection never disappears and it always feels fresh. And no sport, even though I might be biased, has ever given me that aside from yeah. So that I am, I'm so happy that uh, this sport brought us together and will keep us together for a long, long time. So why do you think that is? Well, I, you know, in personally, what I think it, because it is literally, literally a, a, a way of living uh, every day with people who you build trust, relationships, teamwork, responsibility, shared responsibility, uh, humility. Uh, it's very, very important in handball because you know that you can be good, you can be great, but there is no chance, like in other sports, if you're in basketball, soccer, one great player can win you games. In handball, that is not the case. You need mm -hmm. every little piece to work in sync at all times. And even if that works, and sometimes you lose, then that bond of trusting each other, say, hey, we got this, we can do another one. And it just, I feel like other sports, you can always pass the ball to that great player and he'll take care of it. Uh, in handball, no, it it's, doesn't work that way. You know, we all have to do our things, be humble with it, and then at the end of the day, just go on, be friends, and, and continue with our lives. So to me, it's I agree. I think the, I'm not sure if that plays into it, but it's, the sport is not too big and it's not too professional. I mean, you showed with your with your podcast. I mean, everyone is accessible in one way and another, and no one has. Of course, we have handball stars, but there's no comparison to to some of the other sports and the the distance between the base, the fan. I mean, reflecting on, on pretty much every country in Europe that plays handball, it's played in in small towns and small halls. You know, you you can touch and feel and smell the, the <laughs> game. I mean, it has. I mean, this is where America has a, maybe a huge promotional advantage and size advantage, but it um, it's and in, in Germany football is very similar, but it hasn't it, the, the, it hasn't lost the uh, the proximity between the players and even the levels, and it might and because of what you described, it's it's um, of course there's you know super teams like Kiel, you can't get in there if you you know if you're not the best of the best, but I think the first and second Bundesliga in Germany or in France, you know, there's players in there who can get there through hard work and being very good team players, as you said, versus, you know, just an, an incredible physical specimen, you know, that, that, um, that can win a game on their own. And, and that comes through in the culture. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's a part of the sport. The culture of the sport is that shared responsibility, uh, uh, that togetherness. Um, and because, Sometimes I look at it like, okay, uh, in U.S., we obviously uh, cherish and support stars. We want people to be the, the number one and talk about that that person. But in handball, like it's just it's hard to do that because it's not going to happen every game. Like you might have one good game and you might win a game, but the throughout to be successful, you need every single person to work within that mindset and culture. So that's a part. Unless the game changes to adapt the American uh, um, ideas of creating stars, uh, it's, we, we have to understand and accept the culture of the sport the way it is. Yeah. It's, it's a, as you say, it's a weak link game versus a strong link game. And um, that makes it interesting. Uh, so if that is handball's superpower, right? The, the culture and the connectedness, how do you use that superpower to, to let more people you know, into the game because, you know, we, we have this incredible bond, this incredible experience, this, this, these, 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 these values, not enough people have them and not making this about a bigger thing and, you know, talking about what goes on in society so much, but, you know, it brings people together. So how do we use this superpower for, you know, to make this all bigger and better? But look, it's, you know, when it comes to creating a, a, more, a business model, obviously it's, it's going to be about creating excitement, making the game sexy and interesting for the, for the younger ones. But ultimately, you cannot lose the true values of, of this particular sport, which is like, you know, the, the, 
the friendships that you create, the, the, what, you what you get to understand about life in general, it prepares you actually also for workforce. And, and again, this is yeah. your, your part of, of your living that you do every single day in corporations is, I mean, first of all, athletes are a great talent pool. And secondly, because they come from so many diverse backgrounds, that's another thing that is a, a huge advantage in corporation and within the team. So being able to show those things as, as something that is going to help you in the future of work or, or in your life, it's critical. I mean, those are the benefits that I see all of us handballers have gotten. I mean, I never see a handballer that's not actually happy or doing well for themselves in a way that they know how to be a part of this society and contribute to the to the maximum of their abilities. So that's that's a part. I don't know how do you promote that. So like, hey, if you're a part of Animal Player, you're gonna have you you're gonna mm -hmm. understand uh, uh, a life and you're gonna fit in within all the the choices you make uh, better and faster than if you are just an individual star in one of the sports. Yeah, it's it's interesting because the 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 American system is set up so much differently. Um, and it's geared towards a few people are able to play the sport at a very, 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 very high level after they've, you know, it's, it's a pyramid, right? After, after, after over a longer time, because if you make it in, in high school and you get to college in the few sports that America is so strong in, then it weeds out the folks that don't have the opportunity like we have in Europe to to do to play every weekend and get tested and continue with their resilience i mean of course there's rec leagues in the u.s yeah but um i think the if i think about handball or football or many other sports in germany there's much more depth in and longevity of being tested every weekend being in that team every week and training in two or three times a week and building your resilience and and here it's this model just you know if you're on the top it's fine and if not basically you become a fan um, and that doesn't necessarily, I mean, it builds also culture, but it's a different culture. Yeah. I don't know if that's, um, I haven't really thought about that, but that it makes any difference. But I, I do think the, the system is built up differently from the ground. Yeah. Um, and I don't think the system here will change. So in this context, you know, is this something that um, uh, can ever be a big sport or can the, the value of what we just described ever come through here? I, I don't know. Well, I, I know for a fact that if, of course, this is completely opposite from the way system is built, I would love to do what the European system has done or does in most of the parts is it's not paper play like it's here because youth sports are multi-billion dollar business. And in every category, I mean, I know paying for the kids, all these money just for them to be involved. In yeah. But imagine if handball decides here in USA, okay, you actually don't have to pay uh, to play handball, especially the youth one. Uh, find sponsors to make sure that we create this environment that, one, we're teaching more than just the sport, obviously. I think that's really important. And, and that's a part where you sort of like bring them in. Imagine parents like, oh, I don't have to pay. Oh, I get to travel around the world with the kids. Oh, they get to see these different cultures, be a part of this diverse community. And in the meanwhile, some of them are going to be super talented and some of them are going to become great players. And those are easy to place them in Europe because of course, European teams would love to have a really good American player be a part of the uh, club, but it has to be to the point where we have to prepare a system that 99% of the people that come and play handball will stick with it forever because it will be a part of their life. Yes. And, and that would be critical in, in, in developing something that it's very against the system in us i mean yeah you will destroy them it's like oh you don't have to pay for play yeah i think i think that and i mean obviously sports every other sport can argue it builds best, better people it builds better values i'm sure if you know um it's a good example american football i mean people are proud and you know it's a team sport and there's so much of that but it it does culminate in, in kind of a uh, a point where you probably have to stop Plus, it doesn't, and that's a, you know, we are a, you know, a key point here in history, right? Um, where we have more insular nationalistic thinking, right? And, yeah. and, and some of the American sports lend itself to this. And handball is a truly global sport. You know, if you think about the Olympics and, you know, I've had the opportunity to be, you know, in Atlanta in, in 96, 
96 I was yeah and watch handball and people went nuts over it I know it's an international audience coming to it but it brings people together it is global and I think at this time these are the values at least for me that uh, I think are important I've lived all over the world and you know uh, and being embedded in other cultures nothing has got me to grow more and, and handball can be a vehicle so what you described of you know how do I allow this to be accessible i.e free yeah. and then how do I allow for the people who want that to put their kids into a culture that shows them the world in the best way and that's a magic unlock right that um that uh, it built from the ground up can also make the, the world somehow better like the world better through handball yeah uh, hey that's that's what the world's uh, handball club mission is in a way but uh, exactly and you know very well from from the, the work you do uh, where diversity is critical uh, especially these days and actually it's an advantage for many corporations like you come to our club and you immediately feel like holy cow i mean talk about diversity like you mean so many different countries so many different cultures so many languages so many different upbringings so when you join this club i don't think we ever have a need to discuss about certain problems because we are all there working together. And through those differences, I think we were able to actually build the most successful club in the last few years. And we have been yeah. all different. The way we played handball, the way we talked, the way we reacted, but we just figured out, okay, well, he's got this, he's got this, she's got this. So we made it work. So yeah, it puts you, it puts you, every time you play, it puts you in a pressure situation and you build trust very quickly. Yeah. Also, you're vulnerable because you fail together all the time as well, even if it's micro failures and missing a shot and this builds trust and you build a lot of empathy because of what you said, where people have come from, what history they had and that yet, you know, we all come from different places, but we all have a very similar story, very similar story. And you're like, oh, we look different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, we different age. And that's the other thing. Like we have a, this club has everyone from being you know, a 16 year old kid to what are you now? 55. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look at your, your, your Jersey, you're 40. So you're, you're, I'm close to you. <laughs> exactly. You're present. Where is yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Vinny, best present. Oh, it's going to have to change soon, 41. Exactly. Every year, you're going to get one <laughs> with a different number. Well, talk, talking about trust and handball as, as a critical part of actually teaching you that. Uh, to me, I remember one of our early practices, and I think it was your first Lake Placid trip that you showed up. And um, so we, at that time, we really had a lot of really good guys and you, you showed up and we were doing these four and fours in one side of the court and you were playing defense. I was an offense and something was, I mean, things were working out for us on offense during those drills and, but you didn't like that outcome. And you decided uh, in one of the plays to, uh, to hit me really hard with both hands in my rib cage. And I remember very well because I tried not to show it and, but I couldn't breathe. Like, I couldn't even say something. I couldn't call a play or anything. I was like, <clears throat> but I kept going and kept moving. I said, okay, well, uh, that's all right. Um, so I, I, I was upset in my head, but I said, okay, he did what he had to do just to kind of uh, rattle us up. And, I, and then I remember I chose to go right in front of you one-on-one -on -one, and uh, all I had in mind, I was not going for anything else. All I had in mind is to go grab your arm and pull your arm to the point where you feel some pain because you caused me tremendous pain in my rib cage, and I did. And then you were holding your arm, but we continued playing. So we continued playing back and forth, back and forth. We shook hands. It was perfect moment of bonding and trust that uh, I don't think any other uh, uh, sport or they do provide you this. But to me, that was a moment where we got to know each other how far we will go to do certain things to, to achieve a goal. But that exactly. I remember clearly. I don't and know. I think I have the same story with Jola. Uh, you know, he's, I remember when the first time he came, what is it, around the world or whatever, he came in running in, you know, our most, you know, technically gifted player. Uh, and, you know, it's training and, you know, he, he does his third lob over the head of the goalkeeper. And there's the point where if you knew, right, and you, and, you 
you, you leave your mark. I don't have to do it often. And um, I think it felt very similar. And that's, and that's, um, that's both a you know, competitive spirit in the moment. And it's not the right thing to, to hit someone, right? But it's, it's like, I'll let you know, I'll, you want to win, I win, want to win as much. And I want to be part of this team. And you're going to respect me for what I can bring to this. And um, it didn't take long, right, to, to do that. Uh, because as I said, we never talked about it. Yeah. And I didn't need to. And it's just the way you can, you can, you can do this. And I think that's what makes a team. Yeah. Because what you can do, I can't do. Um, and which brings us to today where we, where we actually swap in defense and attack. Yeah, we're, we're, we're extending our, our life cycle to another. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that has been, I mean, these, and, and look, I think you have, um, you have contributed to a lot of those trust building moments because Lake Placid is a great example where we take ourselves out of, you know, the day to day and, you know, for three days, you know, we live in a professional environment. Uh, you know, you eat and sleep together in a, in a, you know, Olympic, you know, facility. And um, that's handful because much of what we used to here in terms of facilities is not handful. Yeah. Um, and you start to loosen some, lose some of that, that edge. Yeah. And so you, that comes back when you're in a proper court, when you have your sticky on your shoe and people, you know, get going. Yeah. Full court. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, look, I, to me, those moments are, are really critical for myself um, when it comes to understanding people and, and especially how far can we go doing what we need to do uh, to achieve any of our goals that we set our mind to. And I, I love those moments and I love the moments. I love the, the, the intensity that you have always brought to practices and, you know, forget about the games. Games, we know that we all you know, increase our, our sense of urgency really high. But to me, it's very important practices. If we cannot be serious and, and cause pain to each other and push ourselves to, to the max in practices, how the hell are we going to do it during the games? So exactly. It, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, 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 that's, and that's the, and, and not taking these things for granted. I mean, this is, I think, the, the difference I felt playing at a, never played professionally, but playing with pros, the day it, it was work. And it was, you know, this wasn't a rec team, this was a professional team. And if you're not good enough, you're going to sit on the bench. And you have to prove yourself every time. And, and that is the same in training. Because when you play, I play for your spot. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. But if you play the same position, I want your spot. Yeah. Oh, look, hey. It increases the, the intensity, competitive intensity between teammates. And it has to happen. You must do that if people want to get better. Um, but going back to your handball experience, you obviously played a few years, many years in Sydney. Mm -hmm. you, were, you were one of our first guys to have actually played at the Super Globe in Doha, in Qatar. Yeah. And I remember during one practice when you told me you played, I was like, I was so not jealous, but I was like, I've been trying to get us there for so long and I just couldn't because there are too many, you know, hurdles. But then you talked about the experience that you had with uh, playing against the Kiel guys and, and of course playing against uh, the team that we played this last year. Yeah. Talk about how was your first experience there? Yeah. Look, let me take even a step back. I mean, the Sydney moving to Australia when in my early 20s and arriving there, it was 2002. It was actually after the Olympics in Australia. There was still, a, you know, obviously, like it will be here, there's big build-up towards the Olympics. They played a couple of World Cups. They got a lot of um, players actually from you know, Eastern Europe, specifically from you know, the Balkan, you know, similar time when you came over very good players who competed and um, they had a decent team there you know many of the players after the olympics still kept still kept going yet you could see it was on the decline it was a sport that didn't take advantage of the incredible uh you know interest from the uh, from the public in australia it didn't have infrastructure built and they missed a huge chance and you, you hope that doesn't happen here um you know with the next olympics but then um um, I joined the Sydney Uni Handball Club, and it was very, very similar. Um, like it was here, yeah, it was a bunch of Europeans made very good friends, 
And there was a there was a, a figure very similar to you who took you know real responsibility for the future of the club, and that's Pascal Winkler, uh, Swiss national who's lived back in Germany now, and he had the vision to say we can compete at a much higher level. Um, it probably uh, maybe was a, a lesser competition, but we qualified as in, 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 through Oceania uh, the first time, um, I think in 2000 and, um, I don't know, 2011, I went twice to the Super yeah. Globe. And the first time was with a, kind of a mixed Australian team um, where we um, got ripped. Uh, we got, you know, completely slaughtered by everyone. We weren't prepared. And the second time I was in, that I went was in 2012 with the Sydney Uni Handball Club. Yeah. That's when we played against uh, Kiel, for example. And it was our first team experience. Um, it was incredible, um, both as a foundation for future growth for the club. Uh, Pascal did a fantastic job of, of always building a core in Australia. Uh, and then bringing in international players, two or three, a couple of months beforehand into the country to train with us. And, um, you know, we, we um, came close in, in one game, uh, yet you made the experience. It is a very, very, very different level. Even the teams that are unknown, you know, have the ability to run you to the ground. That's one, your fitness and, 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 and have a deep bench. But then, yeah, I mean, getting the opportunity to, to go against Kiel and uh, in, it was the year after they had the, the zero loss or zero uh, point season. Zero or 68. Zero. Uh, yeah, from from everyone, Nisha, Alm, uh, Palmerson, um, you name them. It, 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 it was an incredible experience. Um, and you, you, you're both in awe and, and you want to compete. Uh, I, um, I remember scoring a goal against uh, Terry. Uh, uh, I, I got lucky. <laughs> it probably was blocked and it just dribbled into the corner. Uh, but you know, these are, these are moments for me. I'm sure me, you know, he remembers it. Terry, I'm sure he does. Yeah. He's still going to be angry about it. Uh, and, you know, hanging out with these guys in the hotel and, you know, uh, and making some friends. Because that's the point. You know, everyone is so accessible. That was the thing. Like, no one... You know, made them feel special. I I know that I had um, a a problem with my ankle or something, and the 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 keel, you know, physio team looked after me. I mean, this is just a it is just a community. So these were incredible experiences, and um, you know, the Sydney team year year had built on that. And then, as, as you know, they came to a point of of winning a game a couple of years ago. So there's there's um there's a future for the New York City Handball Club as well in this regard. Yeah. No, of course we should have won the first one. This first time but no you know what i'm still happy that we finished ahead of sydney in our first <laughs> <laughs> we have that over them <laughs> exactly that would be an interesting game i mean i've um i've always thought that the at the kind of the peak of both teams who would win uh we have another player who played for both teams right uh, benjamin brief uh so it's um it's a very similar feeling. So I've been I've been very lucky in representing I think really two great clubs, who while amateur clubs have brought so much to to the world. And what the Sydney club also has done is to build a group um, of everyone who represents them. Like we have a we have an open door policy. Uh, there's a Facebook group. Anyone who comes to New York, you know. Uh, can basically get a get a stay at my place where I travel anywhere. We have a map and we can, you know, yeah. see where we are and we bring people still together, or Pascal does, right? And yeah. so it's um it's as you said, you will never forget these people. Never, never. And you know, it's funny that you mentioned this because uh, about Sydney competing in Oceania and always qualifying, and I couldn't get answers from anyone how to get to Superglobe. And yeah. nothing I tried was working at the time. So I tried another version. I was talking to the American Samoa uh, Federation and I was going to form a team, New York City Handball Club, go compete for that spot in Oceania. And it was almost going to happen. Minus the fact when realized how much it costs to do the whole thing. Was, you know what? It's not worth it. It's not going to happen. We, we played some great tournaments, including in um, some of the islands. Where did we go? Uh, it wasn't Bora Bora, but it was literally where you fly in and um, 
it's Tahiti, uh, where you fly in and you see all those amazing resorts and then you drive from the airport and you think, oh my God, they'll stay somewhere. But of course, the, the locals live very different. Yeah. So we played in concrete uh, in, an open, <laughs> in an open space, which had just a roof. And um, these guys are tough, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, there's some proper handball being played. Um, they have great talents. Uh, New Caledonia, I think, or other teams had a great French history of, you know, of handball players. And um, it was amazing. And, and, and it's very similar. It, it, it brought people together on a, on a non-professional level and still in contact with some of those folks. Um, uh, you know, unforgettable experiences in, in, in this regard. So going back to, uh, well, talking about the Big Apple experience, the big city, big, big lights, big names. I mean, have you ever thought that you're going to compete against those guys face to face? No, uh, I was again. I had to come to New York to to play some of my you know heroes. Uh, I mean, the lineup that was represented there. Many of them have been on the court here, right? I remember uh, Funius right, playing against him. It was like, okay, he's not going to get past me. It took him like a mini second, and I'm st I'm still running this direction <laughs> <laughs> while he just easily went past me. Um, when I think about that, I'll, I'll pull up that video when he. Dummy, that big Russian guy in the Olympics, okay. you know, you know. And you uh, know, I actually, I talked to him about exactly that because I've tried okay. many times, and I pointed about out, when he when he beat me. No, no, no. You, you <laughs> he actually asked, "How are your ankles?" <laughs> no, it's like I told him, like, "Oh, that was such a good moment." He said, "No, I've been practicing that for a long time. My coaches made me practice that all the time, so it was not just a mm. accidental thing. He's been doing this for the rest of his since he played handball." So I was like. Yeah, I thought it was an accident. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like, it's these little moments. I literally remember something like that, or I think it was Lozano, who yeah. was the left back who played for Kiel and Barcelona. And I remember defending him and there was no, no one's being hit. But I remember, I was like, I'm, how, how can I get the guy? And I, I, I remember that he, he was looking to dummy and I just took one side and he kind of ran into me and it wasn't a charge, but you know, it was just between me, him and smile. He smiled at me and said, Oh, you got me there. And there was just <laughs> nothing being said. And there was just, no one else would have known, but yeah. you know, you know, when, when someone like that, you know, just for milliseconds acknowledges that you exist, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you have done something, you go like, yes. And it was a beautiful moment. Um, and, no other sport at that professional level would be able to do something like this. And being you no know, other guy, so this is this is big on to you. So the question just is, when are you going to do it again? No, I hopefully, hopefully. Well, actually, there's discussions happening. So uh, 2021, we're aiming for something. I don't know yet exactly, but the truth is, they all want to come back. Many of them, and even more, the ones that who haven't been here, because yeah. obviously, with the help of Lyubov Ranesh with the help of Christopher Montz, um, who, who works with the Reinecker Lowen, with, uh, of course, uh, Carl Gladek, uh, who was involved with uh, Hamburg at some point. I mean, every single player wanted to continue coming because one, they had a great time in New York City. Yeah, we had a great time. Was. Uh, but <laughs> se secondly, they all realized that by them being here, They've seen the, the 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 gradual improvement of the quality of the of the our game, and every yeah. year they would say like, and especially the last year, they 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 were shocked. They're like, you guys really made us play a little bit seriously, which means we pushed them to a certain level that they had to do the right things. So, I think it helped us a lot. To me personally, it really made us believe that hey, we can play at this level. I mean, at this level with the the time we spent on it. So. I want it to continue because it helps every single person in in US want to see it to to try it. It's it, it was a, a personally beautiful moment and I was proud to bring people, you know, friends and people from work who hadn't known the sport. Yeah. And without fail, they you know, people love it. I mean, I don't have to tell you this. Um so there's a big opportunity over the next what is it? Until LA, right? Opportunity to build up um, a, a an energy in a in a culture, as you said, that makes it sustainable. Because that is the question, right? Can the sport, um, you know, sustain the little steps it makes? Um, a lot of investment into it. Clearly, now right? I've been listening to some of the other podcasts. Lots of people have ideas, and we have some amazing, you know, 
people here uh, who who at the helm now. So it's it will be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, I, everyone is. It hasn't. It's been the best time to be a handball hopeful in USA because a few reasons. One, IHF has given wild cards to USA, uh, both men and women, for 2025 World Championships in Croatia, 2027 World Championships in Germany, obviously leading to uh, to Olympics 2028. Um, what else has happened? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of help from Forum Handball Club, which is placing players uh, talented players in top clubs, giving them opportunity to learn and also financially reward them. So it, it's, it is a really good opportunity to do something and hopefully it's an opportunity to do something that we can sustain and grow and help, you know, hubs like us in California and Texas and, and Chicago to build more than just what we have. But yeah. we'll see. I mean, uh, there's still eight years to go to Olympics and what happened with COVID right now, you just sort of say like, what, what can happen next? So. Yeah, it's interesting. I was just recently listening to a podcast and, um, oh my God, what is the goal? Uh, the game with a stick and a little net, uh, cross and the cross has its first, uh, professional league starting this year, but of course COVID hit. And so they were the first professional league and the, that, that announced a you know a a tournament in the u.s and i think they're playing this in august and so the creativity that that leader that president i guess brought to it um to to still persevere and do this because of the 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 fact that it's a small sport you could control it much better and you know it will be interesting to see how i mean lacrosse obviously has a deep you know, uh, culture already in, in, in universities and I think especially in the, in the Northeast, but, um, um, it would be interesting to see what these smaller sports can do because it would be difficult to bring lots of people together. And so instead of saying this might hold us back, maybe there is a unique opportunity for handball because it is small and maybe more nimble. And so, um, it's, you know, you want to see the, the opportunity in, in that situation for, for a sport like this. Yeah. I mean, Hey, we're used to playing without fans, so it's nothing different. Exactly. We don't even play, need to play the fan music. We can do it without it. <laughs> uh, tell me, uh, because we have to meet each other in an hour, in a <laughs> place. Uh, exactly. what, <laughs> what are your favorite moments with New York City Hamble Club? Um, my favorite tournament, hands down was when we went up north to Canada and, um, you know, competed on foreign soil. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of pride attached to that tournament. And, um, you know, the team together in, uh, in, as we always do in, in small quarters, we have a, we have a special bond, uh, uh, a, a, a very, professional handball attitude of doing the most in the court, but also the most after the, <laughs> after the games are played. Uh, and knowing that these, these teams in Canada absolutely wanted to do everything not to let us win. And we all came adversity in you, including breaking your hand. Um, and you know, every game was a fight. And I was never prouder, like ever, to win something like then. And um, the way we celebrated and... And, and what we did as a team there, that's when I thought we had arrived as a team. As a, then I, I really, I get goosebumps now. I mean, look, it's the champions of Canada. People could, you know, you can have a laugh about it. I've never felt prouder of winning something. That was a seminal moment for me. And, um, and I also felt for me personally, it was kind of this, 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 this thing as like, I have arrived with the team. Uh, you know, as a, as, a, as, a, as a real member of, 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 of of that core um and then um and then the the flip side to this is the most the best social moments with the team are the least professional handball moments is you know flanders our <laughs> our annual sports tournament uh, grass tournament i mean handball started as a outdoor sport on grass so that's where it began and um and and seeing the bonds the fun that we have while it is the as i said the least professional element that comes back to what we started, uh, which makes me proud of being part of a family. So 
um, these are the, the the sporting achievement as well as the kind of uh, you know personal friendships kind of level, um, and it has everything in between. So um, these are the moments I think I will remember most and cherish the most. Well, both are historic uh, events in in one way or another. Obviously, Canada. Uh, we are the first American club to go to uh, Canadian soil and win the championship. The way we did it, the hustle, the, the, the toughness and, and the beating we got. But obviously, I remember the semifinal game against, uh, against Alexis and the other team and, and the last few seconds when you stepped up and, and did what uh, <laughs> that was a beautiful moment. Uh, in, in, in regards to making sure that we are not going down. I know you guys want it, but we want it badly and we'll do everything it takes to get that one. So I have it clear in my head and I think that was a, a really critical moment for us to, to win the semifinals and the finals was easier after that. It was uh, uh, the semifinals that was critical. Uh, the Flanders tournament, obviously you mentioned, it is the longest standing handball tournament in the United States mm -hmm. because the family that really ran handball in the U.S. or they started beginning, the, the, they started the Pan American Team Handball Federation is a Buning fam family, which are with a German. Okay. So it all began there many years ago and, and, and it continues every year. And so thanks to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks to us. Yeah. And, and I, it is one of the best bonding experiences that you can have as a handball person. So those definitely are special, even, even for me. The best. Yeah. What about you? Uh, for me, every single one of them. I, it's like, to me, it's, it's every single one of them until it's over. And then I'm like, okay, well, all right, we did it. Let's go to another one. What's the next yeah. one? And, but it's very hard to, to pick and choose because all of them had a story before we got to achieve something. I mean, the, the many of the struggles and many of, uh, of, of the connections that we needed, I needed to bring to make it as good as we always are at the end, because I, it, it was never a worry for me for us to go and perform at high level. But to do that, initially, you have to do the little things to get to that part. So to me, that is still the, the drive uh, to to do the the soil first before we get to the to the big part. I enjoy that part a lot. But obviously, last year you had a a very busy life with your career and um, uh, very focused on that, which is going very well. What do you think about this upcoming season? Uh, how's your schedule looking like with uh, handball? I am. Um... You tell me what the upcoming season looks like, and I'll tell you how much I'm there. Uh, there is uh, there is something that I do want to go back to, and that's in the gym. Yeah. Uh, when I'm here, it's it's kind of my priority, and um, I do think there is going to be a swan song for all of us uh, before you turn 54. I think it is. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll have to win another big one. Um, the yeah, what I like to what I like us to think about as a team is that we hand it over to someone yes in 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 inverted commas i mean there is a there ought to be a place left behind that's better and um well i think we have a couple of more years uh it is it's about building you know this club in the future and still making it better so that's my i think my my involvement um is both on the sporting end and and, and how we do that um so whenever i have time i'm i'm all in mate Okay, good, good. So we start tomorrow at 10.30 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't opened your emails, by the way. Yeah, it's true. I'm not joking. You know, um, I'm, um, I'm busy tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sunday, day off. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, um, my, as you know, my, my family lives here and, and my, my in-laws in New Jersey and we go into Europe. Uh, starting Wednesday for a month, and so we're going to say goodbye uh, for for a month, and so I have to miss that training, unfortunately. No. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I, I get that part. <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask you one more question, sure. and that question is: Can you tell me, tell us all, the impact the sport of handball 
has had in your life and career? Yeah. Um, I think we touched on so many of those things. Um, it, it made me incredible competitive and allowed me to, to deal with uh, losses in a way that uh, my, my whole spirit and thinking what helps me in my career now, it's not about being kind of good, but it's about getting better because you lose. You've been put under pressure every time you build resiliency. And I think that, that ability of, of, of being put under pressure helped me in what my career effectively is around, you know, sales, growth, and leading companies. Um, and, and that was incredible. I think the other, the other thing that came with age is um, um, stepping up as a leader. The, the, you go through your 20s, and that's kind of while well, I you know, played in Australia. Um, you, you move from being a, a strong individual contributor defining yourself how many goals you score or what you can do individually when you when your powers vain and 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 you see that that's not necessarily the only thing how you can bring value to to your team you you see how important leadership is and and making others better that coincided for me at work very similarly where i went from an individual contributor role where I did really well to my first you know management and then leadership role where the definition of of getting better wasn't just about focusing on myself. So where my 20th were maybe more focused inward about hey, how to make Christoph better, it then coincided with you know with my with my handball as well, like how do I make others better? And that was I think the the the, the way I unlocked a lot of my success, the work as well. You know how do I find a platform? How do you know where I can help others become better? Uh, and help them uncover, light up, and ignite their potential. And um, and that um, I don't think I would have had uh, that realization if I had not also experienced that on the on the um, in a team sport like handball. Well, that's a phenomenal answer, and I completely agree with you on everything you said. It's uh, <clears throat> it's it's a great way to learn how to become a better person, a better leader, and and you know make better choices uh, moving forward. Christoph, thank you for your time. Uh, I really appreciate thank it. You, um, it's always fun to talk to you about anything, but uh, even though this is a different uh, platform, different approach, I loved it. So thank you. No, thank you. You're making, you're making a big difference. And um, thanks for the, what you have done for many folks, including myself. As you said, I would not only not know you, but some of my best friends and um, some of my best memories and um, you doing amazing work. So continue doing that and um, good luck with um, everything, including the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Christoph. I'll see you in an okay. hour. All right, buddy.